Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to another edition of John Arizzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. Today's show will cover highlights of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show, which aired on 1240 AM WGBB in West Babylon, New York, covering the original episode of December 22nd, 1991. This will be the second to last show on WGBB until 1994. So an interesting period we'll be covering on this show. And as we go over that period, joining me, as always, is my co-host, who is one of the foremost wrestling journalists from that time period, working for many of the largest selling wrestling newsstand magazines of that era, Mr. Bob Smith. Bob, welcome back for another episode and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. You, know, you have anything big going on for the holidays? You, you know, you, you going to do the I feast of the not. seven I, fishes? No, I, I, I do what I do every holidays. I just collapse for a couple of days, which is exactly <laughs> what I want to do. Yeah, you've probably been working very hard, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is the time of year where you try to kick back a little bit. But welcome, uh, you know, we're getting great response. Everything that we're doing here, and I'm just so happy that. Uh, the show's uh, just uh, continuing to pick up momentum, and I owe a lot of that to you, Bob, as co-host here. And your smooth delivery and your knowledge is uh, really going over with the fans. Well, I'm glad to hear such affirmation. We are working this project very hard, as you know. Yes. And um, it's a labor of love for all yeah. of us, I think. Any, and I think we're doing a public service keeping the legends of wrestling alive because – as, like we say, as the decades go by, people tend to forget what happened mm. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And this is a way of bringing it all back. And hopefully we can do it in a way that people of all ages will enjoy and learn from. So my, that is my true. fingers are crossed that everybody enjoys it very much. Yeah, we got lots to go here. So uh, everything is um, just picking up steam each and every week. And a uh, big part of that also, Alex Robertson, uh, our producer, editor from Canada, and Alex uh, – Big Christmas week going up there. Boxing Day is coming up. I'm sure you're very uh, excited about that, and you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Oh, super thrilled. No, I actually, you know, my plan is always every Christmas, you get the Christmas shopping done well in advance so that by the time that Christmas rolls around and I only get one week off because that's the radio world and that's how it works, um, I just want to relax, spend time with family, stay away from all of the stores and kind of just recharge my batteries. 
Yeah, and that's kind of the be- the best thing to do this time of year. And and somebody that uh, is joining us also uh, a little bit earlier than typical on the show is uh, a guy that spent many, many, many winters up in the mm-hmm. uh, snow-covered uh, New York, Upper State, uh, Ilian, New York, uh, near Cooperstown, and now he's down in sunny Florida. Uh, let's say hello to Donnie Leibel. Donnie, Merry Christmas to you, man. Merry Christmas. And boy, you know, it's, it's tough swimming this time of year. You know, it's the end of December and I, I got to go out for a swim whether I need one or not. I mean, come on, I got to take advantage of this. I am so excited to be here again this week because going back in time it is fabulous. Not that we, we actually survived that, but going out with more details, there's more information through the Internet now that we could find out about what went on bringing back names from the past, arena names from the past. This, for me, is exciting, and I hope people that are listening to this are getting just as jacked up as I am because I'm telling you something, there's there's nothing like the wrestling past. I mean, I'm talking the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. It's exciting, and I'm so glad everybody's here to enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it is a a really cool episode. It's a Christmas episode, and uh, we're going to we have a lot of uh, great stuff and great guests today, um, which we'll get to in just a bit. Uh, But I do want to do something that's kind of out of the norm uh, for what we do each and every week, Uh, because we have a great uh, Patreon account, Patreon.com/slash John Arezzi. I just wanted to. Uh, play a piece of tape that I put up for the patrons a couple of weeks ago. And, I, and I've been getting a lot of response from the patrons on it because they hadn't ever heard anything like this, especially from way back in 1975. So I figured, what the heck? Patrons already got it. They've heard it. And I'd like the general audience to hear it as well because, in my opinion, it could be one of the first uh, actual shoot, real shoot uh, pieces of tape that was ever broadcast on a wrestling show. Uh, back in 1975, there was, uh, up here in the East Coast, uh, Eddie Einhorn founded the IWA, which was a promotion that had big-name stars like Mil Moscaris, Ivan Kolarf, Ernie Ladd, uh, so many great, great stars. Uh, they got a time slot. Even before the WWF at the time, they had gotten a time slot on Channel 9 in New York, WOR, and uh, they started running each and every week, uh, and then they promoted their first show in the New York area uh, at the uh, Roosevelt Stadium in New Jersey. And the show was doing well, but uh, as I'm going to play an interview that I found and put up for patrons with Eddie Einhorn, the founder. And this interview took place just two days before their second show at Roosevelt Stadium, which was September 4th. First, 1975, and Einhorn was frustrated at the WWF's blocking them in the big arenas in the area in spite of the ratings the show was getting. I felt it would give a, uh, a little taste of what type of content patrons get each and every week. So let's give this a listen, and then we'll all talk about it on the other side. It's Eddie Einhorn, and I believe the interviewer was Ron Martinez. Mr. Eddie Einhorn, and... Mr. Einhorn, I understand that some of the events of the past week have uh, pleased you greatly, but some of the other events haven't made you very happy at all. That's right, Ron. I'm very pleased about the ratings that we had on our show last week here on WORTV Channel 9, a 6-2 rating, the highest in professional wrestling in the nation in the past 15 years. 
Our ratings have been growing since we started this series 20 weeks ago. Last week, we estimate we reached almost 2 million people in the New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut area. The other thing I'm very happy about is to announce that the IWA will be making its debut at the beautiful Veterans Memorial Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut, the first week in October. But some of the things, Ron, I have to admit, have got me very angry. We continue to be blocked by the other wrestling group in town and the Madison Square Garden and Nassau Coliseum in getting into these arenas. And I think it's time it stopped. Now, we ran in Roosevelt Stadium. We're running again Monday night. We've run two shows there already. But the summer is over. We've got to get indoors to a big arena because the people want to see the IWA, and we can't. And I'm just starting to wonder, besides getting angry, why does the opposition, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, not want competition in this area? What are they afraid of? Maybe they have reason to be afraid, Ron. They only drew 1,600 people to the Veterans Coliseum in New Haven last night, and we've been drawing over that in Little Jim in West Haven, Connecticut. Maybe they have other things that they're ashamed of. You know, the IWA has gone to a lot of expense to sign up the top wrestlers, and I'm prejudiced, I admit, but you can look at the major magazines, look at every magazine out today in the wrestling business, and you'll see the top names of the IWA features because these were the recognized names in professional wrestling, and that's who we signed. And who is hurt in a fight but you, the fans out there? And we deeply resent another organization that is trying to monopolize the wrestling business and has for years in this area, trying to keep us out of the big cities, and then trying to palm off their show on you people, not giving us a chance. And the things I really object to, and we'll get into some of these things in future weeks, is some of the people are bringing in and trying to hoodwink the fans, such as a man by the name of Bugsy McGraw. Have you ever heard that name? You've been around wrestling a long time. Have you ever heard it? No, not so recently. That's because this is a name just used in this area for a man who's worked under the name of the Brute in the western part of the country for many years and now all of a sudden comes here under a different name and is the number one contender. We resent this treatment of the public. Another man who came in billed as the champion of Mexico, which we showed you in another show, was far from the truth. A man who wrestled under the name of Gunga Din and as a masked man down in Georgia. And then also bringing back such men as a man who worked for us, Gino Brito, and calling him Louis Serdan, Tony Parisi calling him Tony Pogesi. These are the things that we don't think are fair to the fans. And we intend to tell you more about that in the weeks to come. I thank you very much, Mr. Einhorn. Don't forget, fans, we'll be back with more International Championship Wrestling in just one moment. Wow. Um, that was amazing when I heard that, and I put it up for the patrons. It was really quite stunning, especially, uh, you know, for all those years ago. Um, I mean, they had a monopoly. Bob, do you remember back then watching it? And then I'll get to Don, but I, I mean, that was kind of fascinating be. audio. I was the biggest IWA fan you will ever meet. We used to meet at our local bar and watch it. Um, the show was hosted by 
the criminally underrated Jack Reynolds, who I loved as because he was the first wrestling announcer of the first wrestling show I ever saw. He's based in Cleveland. He was a disc jockey. And um, he was real old school, real, you know, good guy, bad guy, kayfabe-ish. But he had a flavor to him that was unlike, oh, that's uncalled for, he would say when the, when the villains would, would, you know, stomp somebody or something like that. His, his color man was Tex McKenzie, who uh, I think nobody in New York had ever seen much of before that. And they had a huge roster of talent. Obviously, Eddie was throwing his money around because, you know, everybody from Ivan Koloff to Dick the Bulldog Brower, the Love Brothers with Al Costello. Mighty Igor. Yeah. yeah, Mighty Igor, uh, the Mongols with George Cannon. Mill Meskers was the champion. Yes. And, yes. you know, Mill was one of Bill Apter's all-time favorite wrestlers for sure. Yes. Argentina Apollo. And the list of talent, like you said, Victor Rivera, Johnny Powers. It was a mishmash of people who had been all around the country, but I don't think a lot of people saw a lot of those, those wrestlers in the New York area before that. And they tried to go national, as, as I as I. Th- I'm pretty sure. Do you recall this, Donnie? Uh, were they syndicated in more more syndicated areas than just New York City? Yeah, I, I believe they did their TV tapings down in the Carolinas. Carolinas, yeah, yeah. And uh, Johnny Powers, who was one of their top uh, baby faces, was living down there. And I remember they did an angle where they were trying to get into some arenas, such as what Eddie Einhorn's talking about, and it would be blocked. And uh, the angle would be Johnny Powers holding papers saying he has the lease to the building and he wants to be able to sign it. And they would show photos of Johnny Powers holding those papers. And that turned into a, some type of angle they were working. So they, they were really spreading, uh, trying to spread out. And as you said, um, they had top of the line people, Johnny Powers, they used managers. They had Cannon with the Mongols, Costello with the Love Brothers, Bruce Swayze was with uh, Ernie Ladd. Um, what, what they did, Jack Reynolds was the TV announcer for when Pedro Martinez, who worked right. out of Buffalo, mm-hmm. had his shows in Cleveland, and, and, and he would do the TV. Ron Martinez, of course, was Ron Martin on TV. That was Pedro's son, the ring announcer, and he was the guy b- behind the, in the office there. And it was fresh. It was new. And, um, you know, personally, at that time, I was about uh, 16 years old, and I used to take naps on Saturdays. So I wouldn't fall asleep at midnight because I can remember that music coming on right after the uh, the uh, harness racing show. Mm-hmm. Then the IWA would come on, and I didn't want to miss that at all. Um, but but the idea, everything was fresh. Big old Tex McKenzie talked like that when he'd come out there, Jack Reynolds. Um, but just seeing guys that you read about in the magazines, the Love Brothers. Never saw the Love Brothers before. Uh, Argentina Paulo, that was before my time when he was with uh, working for McMahon Sr., and and what else was very unique with the IWA, at least at their big shows, they they had merchandise. If you remember back then, WWF shows really didn't have. They had a program, maybe some magazines too, but they had T-shirts. And I I couldn't remember. I had a Brower Power T-shirt with all these really cool colors, um, and, and they had eight by ten glossy pictures. Vince, uh, the, the WWF never really did that. They had all those nice uh, stock, foot, uh, heavy stock photographs you could get autographed. Um, the posters were huge posters. Uh, at that time, the, the, the WWF really didn't have posters unless it was going into some high school or whatever. I can remember for when they were at the Beacon Theater in Manhattan, they had these huge posters. Um, and and um, anyway, with the names of Louis Martinez and everything was fresh. 
uh, it was an exciting time that, I mean, I was at the, the, uh, the shows in Jersey city and you, John, you and, and Bob may remember this, that the main event for the first show was outdoors at Roosevelt stadium. Uh, it was Koloff against Mascaris. And what happened? The heavens opened up. It started to yeah. rain really hard. So yeah. they took the main event because if that didn't go off, they'd have to return the money. Uh, and correct me on this, but the main event came on second, and and it, during that match, it was raining, and then it then it started to taper off, and it went away. But they rushed that match to number two on the card. But it was so exciting because it was fresh. You were outdoors. All these new names that there is like, man, competition was the best thing that could happen to to wrestling at that time. Yeah, it was a great. Um, it, it was a great. Um atmosphere i mean it was crazy it was dirty it was raining at uh, roosevelt stadium but I, I think the iwa was the first promotion that ever tried to go national and uh and, and that's when mcmahon and even crockett i mean they all kind of came together to to block them from the different uh, territories they were trying to get into so they couldn't get a building they couldn't get any major buildings uh so that was kind of a, if you look at it it really is kind of antitrust in a lot of ways if you look at it today because they were monopolizing and blocking people out of uh, mm -hmm. not just Madison Square Garden and Nassau Coliseum, but down south. They couldn't get into the Charlotte Coliseum. They couldn't get into any of the big venues down there. Uh, but I, I just felt this interview was fascinating. And uh, for them, for the owner of the company, and he didn't stay with them much longer after that because he was right. losing a ton of money. I think he got out at the end of 75, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Eddie Einhorn was a very rich guy. I mean, yeah. he was a baseball owner. I mean, he had money to spend, but I think he just got tired of beating his head against the wall trying to get forward in the business. And did he sell to Johnny Powers? Is that what happened? I don't know if he sold it, but but pretty much Powers, uh, they, they weren't coming to the east and they were staying in the south. But like John, like you said, the promoters were you know not letting him in. Remember at that time, Everybody was a member of the NWA. Uh, WWWF was part of the NWA. So they all just, you know, circled the wagons for their own. Yeah. And as you, I never thought about that until you said that today, John. I never thought that they were the first promotion in the States that tried to go national. And and you, you are 100% correct on that. But I, I never thought about it at the time. Uh, but the talent roster was phenomenal. And, um, you know, Eddie was a smart businessman, as I, as I was mentioning to John earlier, that uh, he, he owned the Hughes Television Network. And um, he's a smart businessman. And when he saw his losses and uh, there was no getting into the big arenas, he knew it's time, you know, cut, the, cut bait right then. Yeah, well, smart business guy. But anyway, I wanted to play that uh, just so people out there who were considering becoming patrons – We'll get an understanding of some of the things that we put up uh, every single week. Patreon.com slash John Arezzi. I really appreciate it. It's something out of the, out of, you know, not, you know, the normal thing uh, on the way we start the show. But I just felt it was just kind of a fascinating piece of tape that I wanted to um, uh, go over with everybody tonight. And, uh, well, I mean, tonight is, uh, you know, a couple of days before Christmas when we drop this show. And, Bob, it's the Christmas episode here at the podcast, but we're also celebrating 30 years ago on the radio Christmas time with some very special guests on the show number 10. Boy, do we have special guests. And uh, it's the, what you dubbed at the time the Christmas Spectacular. That was the way Is that what I did? Yes, <laughs> that's what you said in, in the air. And it features, as your co-host, 
not me. It was Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had more from the new producer, Vince Vinny Russo. Mm-hmm. And a debut appearance from what I dubbed as the power couple of the moment, Missy Hyatt and actor Jason Hervey, The Wonder Years. Uh, I guess he was branching out to become a producer at that point. Yeah. A lot of people didn't re- realize he became executive producer of WCW and later had the same title with TNA. No kidding. Absolutely. I didn't, even, I didn't know that. Absolutely true. He his, He'd stuck with wrestling for a long time. Now, did he also, he uh, was partners with Eric Bischoff, I believe, for a while. Didn't they um, produce or executive produce that Hulk Hogan series that was based on the beach for a while? I don't even remember the name of it, but uh, but I, I do remember during that time period, it was right around the time Hogan was at WCW, that I think Bischoff and Herbie may have teamed up to produce or executive produce that show. I could be totally wrong, but that's well, kind of... I, I do know. I do know that 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 pair of of people, uh, Bischoff and Herbie, did a lot of work and got a lot of stuff on the air. I mean, they were really prolific, yeah. and not just with wrestling programming, but all different kinds of programming as well. So, I think Jason went on to become a very successful producer. There's no question yes. about that. Well, I used to love the Wonder Years. I mean, that was my favorite show. I mean, I'd watch it week after week, and the fact that. Uh, you know, I got to uh, not on this particular episode because they were on the phone, but uh, when Missy and Jason later come to New York and they do a live remote at the at the uh, then it became a famous strip club called Scores. <laughs> uh, so I did a live remote when I was on EBD with Jason and Missy uh, and taking them around. I had a couple of personal appearances for them. And, and then we did the live remote at Scores with uh, Sean Waltman. And Alex Marvez, uh, so that will be coming up uh, later on. But uh, yeah, fascinating episode. And before we get started with it, Bob, I mean, um, Cactus Jack, who was the co-host. I mean, look at um, look at how much he loves Christmas. I mean, he's got a he's got uh, you know he plays Santa Claus, and he's got a Christmas room in his house that's there, you know, three hundred sixty five days a year. And I also understand that he just uh, showed up at the NWA tapings as Santa Claus uh, recently. Wow. The really? new NWA, yeah. As Santa Claus. Yeah. So uh, his first appearance in an NWA ring since 1989, even though he was Santa Claus. Amazing. And didn't he and Jerry Lawler team up for a children's book, Christmas book? I um, think they did. Yeah. Long, yes. When when they were both active in WWE. Yeah. I think I got a copy of that book. It was a bestseller. I think that thing actually made the New York Times uh, bestseller mm-hmm. list. Like everything mm-hmm. Mick touched, they all made the New York Times bestseller list. Anything that do touches has turned to gold and what a great individual. And uh, and he was such a regular on the show back then. And greatly so. And you'll find out why in, the, in these clips today, because he is very Cactus Jack on this show, if you know what I mean, John, as you recall. Very Cactus Jack. Very really? Cactus Jack. Yes. <laughs> so but, should we should we start? Let's, no, let's let's get let's get into it, man. This is great. All right. This this clip is entitled very simply Cactus Jack, co-host. Happy holidays to you, sir. Thank you, John. Is my microphone on? Yes. I'm glad to be here, but I'm very happy. I'm very unhappy to hear about Dr. Mike Lano being determined one of the top turkeys of. 1991. It's undeserved, and I'm going to join Mike in the fight to vindicate his semi-good name. Well, you've uh, certainly have uh, shown 
that he has great uh, dental skills. <laughs> Dr. Mike Lano lists me as one of the patients that he's attended to, and he has. Yes. Uh, yeah, he made a plate for me, and uh, my dog took it the first day it was home. So Cactus Jack will remain front toothless for, for at least for the near future. I'm sure at this time of year, what you usually hear from folks, um, can you hear us in your headset? No, not really. Why don't you try these right here? I think we go through this uh, every time you come into the studio. Better. How's that, all right? Yeah, that's good. But uh, this time of year, Cactus, is, uh, I guess, the time of year that you usually hear that saying over and over again, uh, all you want for Christmas. And uh, does that get a little bit annoying to you? Or is it more annoying that the microphone keeps slipping down to uh, no, your abs? <laughs> all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth started to get annoying a couple of years ago. It stopped being annoying, and it started being life-threatening about three minutes ago, John. So if you'd like to retain control of your show and control of your liver, you'll stop making little jokes at my expense and get to the business at hand. And if Ski dares call here, I swear to you, John, I will stick my hand through this microphone and slap him! <laughs> but other Maybe that's I, what he wants for Christmas. I, I think, John, I think... Uh, Ski, Ski is single-handedly keeping that wrestling video place in business. The best. Ah, <laughs> yes. Matter of fact, we have a, uh, an order of two tapes that will be delivered to Ski today at the Christmas party. And I believe it is best of apartment wrestling. No, it's even worse than that. What is it? I can't even mention the name on the air. What what substance are the women wrestling in? So what substance? Yeah, is it Jello, spaghetti? Well, it's certainly no uh, no linen on themselves. <laughs> Well, ski pudding. Is, they're in Christmas pudding. pudding. Alright, they're in Christmas pudding. Well, that's about par for the course for Ski. But I see here he sent me a card. So during uh, Christmas, during our next commercial break, I'll have to look over it and see if there's any way that I can uh, retain uh, Ski as an associate. Well, he certainly wishes you happy holidays, and he's looking forward to uh, seeing you in person. He may have a special gift for you. Oh, boy. That's a precursor to what we're going to get on this episode right there. Oh, my goodness. Ski, who Ski. was brought up. You have to remember him, Donnie. You remember Oh, Ski. my gosh. I hadn't heard that name in decades. Now it just makes me laugh. I mean, yeah. he was phenomenal. Uh, another one of your regulars. Yes, uh, definitely Ski. a hardcore fan. A uh, guy with a great heart, really, but he was an annoying guy. Bob, did you ever meet Ski back then? I I think I did because I was a magic bus person and, and yes. at a lot of your events. And I know I went to some of your video shows. Remember you went to the bars and showed the yeah. video clips and stuff like that? I'm sure I met Ski. He was there all the yes, time. I'm sure. I mean, what a great solo. I mean, he was a really – he used to send me um, – uh, magazines that you know are just old and tattered, and uh, and he'd be writing. But he was he was a, he was a good soul. He passed away. Uh, he, he always had oh. some health problems, but he did pass away. Uh, and and he one of his best friends was uh, Vinny from West Babylon, Vinny LaFranco, uh, and, and uh, they remained friends up until the time Ski had passed. And uh, but it was great to remember him. But Cactus uh, and Cactus had a. Had a uh, uh, he adored him in, a, in his own way. Cactus <laughs> did, uh, and he was just kind of a lovable, you know, big teddy bear type of guy. And uh, it's kind of cool that we get it get a chance to hear his name uh, oh tonight on this Christmas show. John, I, I noticed in the, in the precursor in your preamble to the show, 
as it originally was broadcast. You mentioned one of my favorite people in wrestling, photographer Richard Nevis. Yes. Who, who never really says anything on the show. But I, I worked with him a lot after I left PWI because I was writing wrestling articles for other magazines and not mm-hmm. wrestling magazines. I was writing for general interest magazines. I had sold a few freelance pieces. And I always called Richard first for photos because he was a tremendous photographer. And uh, he was. What happened to Richard? Do you know? He's still around, actually. Uh, here's the thing. I mean, I'm trying. Uh, Vinny from West Babylon and his wife, Andrea, who met at a Pro Wrestling Spotlight uh, event, uh, they're still in touch with Richard, and uh, they invited me to a little get-together, which I, I believe is going to be um, uh, coming up. So, Bob, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let them know that you're around and you're Please doing this. Please drop my name and, and give Richard my best. Ri- ri- no, I mean, if it's if it's a time where you could make it out, you know, oh, maybe. maybe yeah, sure. so uh, let's try to make that happen, and uh, I'll work on that immediately because I know they did want to get together, and the fact that – you know, it would be your chance to see Richard again after so many years. Or, too. Oh, gosh. I, you know, you know I, I think I only actually met him one time. The rest of the time I was over the phone as I was negotiating prices for the wrestling photos I used to buy. Yeah. From him. yeah. He, so, he was a very quiet guy. He was. And, and just a, a little a tidbit here. When I, several years ago, when I sold most of my wrestling collection, I had maybe a thousand negatives, and Richard Nieves is one who bought them from me. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you had both of you guys. I mean, you know, with every convention, everything that I did, you know, Richard would present me with this, with these photo albums of, uh, of the conventions because uh, I gave him access. And Donnie used to send me pictures of everything that we did together. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, just the fact that that's kind of an interesting tidbit that you sold your negatives to Richard. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting stuff. You know, I, I, I one of the nice things I was able to do for my wrestling friends, friends after I left PWI was get them work with bigger magazines out in the real world other than wrestling magazines. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that the real world magazines paid a lot better than the wrestling magazines did. <laughs> Don, you're in publishing. You know how this stuff works, right? And and it's like I was happy to get them like paydays of like 1500 bucks for the use of like five photos. And back in the wrestling magazines, you'd have to negotiate to get twenty bucks a photo. You know, you know how it worked, John. You you shot well, here. I, you know, um, I, I did. And funny you should mention that. My my money that I was paid through wrestling publications ranged from one dollar for her picture to three thousand uh, dollars for articles in a magazine. That much. Um, I was approached. Wait, you got three thousand dollars for an article. Uh, for articles, uh, Wow Magazine. They would pay uh, that they, much money for what? For for how many how many stories did they, you have to write? What they did when Wow Magazine came out, and uh, they would put people on a. Like I had to sign something for them, so it was. Was it like a retainer? Yeah. So each month, uh, first it was a thousand dollars a month that I would get, and then if I was adding more onto it, I'd get more checks. And one Saturday, I received. A check for three thousand wow. dollars, but then when when um, the, John right now the name skips me that the guy who ran the Bulldog Brower fan club, uh, Michael Hara, he ran a magazine and uh, he paid me one dollar for a photo, <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted me to think that was you know I should be grateful for that. So, but but there was a there's a male magazine. 
I remember Tori Spelling was on the cover, and I can't think of it at the moment, but somebody contacted me. They did a story on wrestling, uh, not a wrestling magazine. It was a, a, a regular magazine. And I had sent them like a half a dozen pictures of Gorilla Monsoon for whatever reason, and they used one mag, one photo, and I got $400 for it. Yeah. So like Bob says, outside the wrestling magazine, <laughs> you, you did well. well. You could make money, but it was the pre-internet era where people turned to print to get their information. Now you can't. Nobody you're lucky to get ten dollars a photo in magazines now because it's like it's a different world. But back, hey, listen, as an editor of some national magazines, I used to pay fifteen hundred dollars for a written article, fifteen hundred dollars for a photo set, at, routinely, no and do that several times per magazine. Wow. So it, it's like different world. You, you writers can't get that much money now. Over my time, of, uh, my time writing for the magazines and taking pictures, uh, I estimate uh, I earned about a hundred thousand dollars. Good gravy! You did better than I did, Jack. And that, that was that was from uh, I, my first article was nineteen. Uh, 77 ring magazine it was on silvano susa oh my gosh oh my god i remember <laughs> and that's that my partner don't talk bad about him that's right and my last Nine. story was was with um wow magazine like uh as i said i was getting at least a thousand dollars a month from them um so um so for about uh you know a 20 year period or so uh i i earned uh about a hundred thousand dollars Don, I remember your article. I, God is my witness. I remember your article on Silvano Susan because I remember him as a, you know, as a jobber on WWWF. But the title of the article was something like "Watch Out World." Silvano mm -hmm. Souza is on your trail, right? <laughs> I, I, yep, we we were at a at an armory in Massachusetts, and the best the best thing about that that if you look at that article, um, I'm wearing a white belt. <laughs> I mean, it's like so bad, but um, yeah, I'm sorry. It, it was great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought it was the most ridiculous headline I've ever seen in a wrestling I magazine. Right in front of me here. I, uh, I, the article was. You great. have it in front of you. Hey, I wrote an article about Mario Savoldi, the referee, here. because I wanted to get in good grace with his father, Angelo, so he'd stop throwing me out of the fucking oh arena. Oh, my God, here it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Watch right, out. Watch out. <laughs> Rookie Savannah Thuser is on his way. Look at my belt, my white belt. Look at the white belt, Donnie. Boy, that now, was now who visual. else do you know carries around a, a story on Silvano Sousa, huh? And his phone. And <laughs> his phone. This guy. Main <laughs> devil's advocate. I got to give credit where credit is due. Silvano Sousa actually got a push in, in the Al Tomko Federation. Wow. Oh, okay. So that's he pretty far away. <laughs> he, he, they made him a championship contender for Al Tomko when he was running his little uh, little group. So he finally got a push. He really did. Well, mm. I was proud to say that uh, he As and I took on partner. Dusty Rhodes on January tenth, nineteen seventy-eight, and and uh, and he I was. Uh, too, I think. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should have wore my white. I, I wore my white belt that night. I adore that headline as much as anything I've ever read one. in the wrestling magazine. It's a good one, Donnie. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. 
But uh, yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, Cactus Jack hosting the show, and uh, a lot of stuff is about to go down on the pro wrestling spotlight. Thirty well, years ago, speaking speaking of, of Don here, uh, our next clip. Uh, it's time for the news capsule, but I think his news capsule got completely hijacked by Cactus on this particular episode. I think Don goes into it, and Cactus just. Steve rolls all over everything, and it's funny. I don't know how much actual news we got from Don. On I think this. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, because because Caxus just got into it, and you couldn't you couldn't stop him. You know, no. who, who would argue with him? Nobody. Especially that period of time, you know. So you want to go to this? Oh this, yes, let's this, do it. This is the least time capsule time capsule of Don's career on okay. Spotlight. Here we go. Donnie Libel's here every week with us, Don. Feeling festive, John. Cactus is there. You're there. I'm here. Snow's melting. And speaking of ski, let me tell you, today at Buttles, to ensure everybody under 18 only gets Coca-Cola, I think ski ought to be in charge of security. He's already drinking right now, probably at home. How could he be in charge of security? Watching those Amazon uh, uh, The videos. Aztec woman meets skiing, that special handicap match, the Aztec woman wrestling. That will be on sale later today at Buttles uh, at, Christmas, at the Christmas party. Well, looking forward to seeing a copy of that. So are you drinking eggnog yourself this morning, Don? Uh, drinking, but not eggnog. Of course, uh, you know me, uh, hardest thing I ever do is Coca-Cola. But, That's it. Uh, uh, lots happening this past year, in, uh, especially WCW and WWF. And looking down a list here from uh, January to the current time, uh, some things happened that you thought you'd never see happen in both organizations. Well, I certainly never thought I would see the day where, beginning of the year, a war was exploited to uh, push a WrestleMania show. Oh, exactly. Uh, and, and then, uh, uh, speaking of the beginning of the year, uh, guys, uh, Sting and, and uh, the Ultimate Warrior, who basically started the, in wrestling together, uh, Ultimate Warrior loses his title in January, and a couple weeks earlier at the Meadowlands, uh, Sting lost his title to Flair. Uh, so both organizations making a change real quick. Yeah, you've had several title changes, of course. Uh, Hogan losing to Undertaker and uh, that belt then being held up and in the wings waiting for that one is the nature boy, Ric Flair. Cactus, yeah. you just make yourself comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I have a bad back, John. I'm going to try to do this uh, this segment in a prone position. Okay. You know, John, uh, with Cactus there, you know, the, one of the, the times that he was on, he was talking about uh, the Adams family. Uh, and the Munsters, and uh, now the Adams Family movies out, uh, Cactus, have you got yourself a review on it yet? No, I, like, I don't know if you remember, Don, but I was thumbs down all the way for the Adams Family. I think they're a useless family. I have no use for them uh, on the small screen or the large screen. I will not spend $7, nor will I accept Ski's invitation to go out to the movies with him uh, to, to see it. So uh, that's, your, that's your official version, your official critique. Well, there's lots of movies I'd like to see out there this holiday season, but The Adams Family isn't one of them. All right. Well, now we uh, move right along from the Stuart Klein segment. and uh, The Stuart Klein segment. Uh, I'm now the Wrestling Spotlight's official movie critic. Instead of a thumbs up or thumbs down, I guess we would have to do a... Uh, how could, what could we do instead of a thumbs up or thumbs down cactus for a movie review? Teeth um, in or teeth out? Yeah, teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, John? Uh, getting back to we're talking about some of the things that uh, happened this year in June, seeing Sid Vicious going to the WWF as Sid Justice, and then of course the the steroid trial, uh, yes. in which you you were uh, setting up shop there in Harrisburg. I think that certainly has to go down as a story that some people will 
will ignore or want to see go away, but there certainly had to be one of the leading stories in, in the States as far as uh, putting some wrestling people in the spotlight. Well, unfortunately, uh, the story's not going away, and as late as uh, last night, I received a call uh, regarding Inside Edition, who is, uh, which you know, Don, is uh, doing a piece now, uh, another piece on professional wrestling. They interviewed superstar Billy Graham about a week ago for three hours. They've moved the segment up. They're going to air it on January 3rd. But uh, most distressing for the wrestling business, and in particular uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, is that Dr. D. David Schultz was interviewed just uh, two days ago, along with his uh, daughter, 20-year-old Jesse. And uh, from what I understand, I, I'm trying to find out more about what was talked about. All I was told by the producers of the program that it was an explosive segment, and it will air on January 3rd. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the story won't go away, but... Uh, Sometimes you'd like to see it go away, but it just ain't going away. And you know, uh, one of the highlights, certainly of the year also, in the summertime, was uh, the convention that you had put on. And, I mean, having people like Buddy Rogers, Lou Thez, and Ric Flair all together. Cactus uh, Jack. Along with Cactus Jack and the fabulous Mueller and what? other people. <laughs> uh, all together in the same room, certainly, that, that drew a good crowd. And, and uh, especially the, the longtime hardcore fans uh, had a, a field day there. And then... You know, we also had a lot of groups uh, spawning in, in, in um, 91. Had the, first off with the UWF, we had the GWF come about, uh, then the AWF recently. So uh, the independents are still uh, knocking at the door trying to uh, get some of the business out there. Don't forget the Tri-State Wrestling Alliance as well. Exactly. Don, I don't think Herb Abrams would react kindly to being labeled as an independent wrestling federation i can hear the xerox machine going off now <laughs> it's being warmed up with that uh that standard uh lawsuit since you yeah. since you lumped them in with gwf awf tri-state uh that lawsuit will be heading up to utica at any time now all right i'll have my facts on he's and... he's got a special delivery person delivering uh, those lawsuits personally now. his name is jones <laughs> and you know uh john uh wcw there uh uh, I think has made a, a, a good about face, in my own opinion, of coming back to more with uh, uh, wrestling as, as its uh, main push and not so much as uh, uh, the entertainment part of it. Uh, coming ha Halloween Havoc when they brought back Rick Rude, uh, Paul E's coming back in the forefront with uh, Eaton Anderson, uh, Zabisco and, and, and the like, uh, bringing Medusa and Cactus coming back with uh, Abby, uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, I think WCW... Uh, has really uh, made an about face, I think, in a positive way. Well, I think the last quarter of this year, uh, I would guess, uh, beginning of, actually the beginning of August, mid-August, uh, when the man sitting across from me uh, returned to WCW, that was the catalyst uh, for re-interest in the group by many of the hardcore wrestling fans out there. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, kiss your butt, Cactus, but... Uh, uh, I really think that you were a catalyst in, in really bringing back interest to WCW towards the latter part of this year. Perhaps uh, breathe some new life into the organization. You and Abby together was uh, something to see and uh, still is something to see. Uh, matter of fact, I saw you yesterday hitting each other on the head with the kendo stick, which was kind of fun. <laughs> it reminds me of like a, uh, on The Simpsons, uh, itchy and scratchy cartoon. <laughs> you know, those kendo sticks back and forth on the head. It was pretty, pretty wack. <laughs> The only problem with me and Abdullah is we are literally swamped with steroid rumors every time <laughs> we hit the ring. So I know a current affair will be a hold of me uh, to, to face all kinds of charges, and Abdullah even maybe more so. 
I was recently, let me just tell you what, I was uh, visiting relatives in Massachusetts, and over and over I heard the same thing about Abdullah. He needs two bras, my young cousin told me, six years old, and his, his, uh, his, his evaluation of Abdullah the Butcher was that he needed two bras. But it doesn't really matter, does it, John? Because like you said, there was a change in the weather uh, when Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher took the ring, and I was proud to play a part of it. I'm proud to be a part of WCW right now. I think they're putting on an excellent wrestling product. I think that the wrestlers they have now are very much more serious. I think that the acts have been toned down, and I think it's all reflected in the ratings. Well, the ratings keep uh, increasing. Just looking at the last mat watch here, uh, WCW for the week ending 12-7 uh, did a 3.3 rating, uh, which is uh, a share of 6.5, 1.9 million homes. And, of course, it led uh, all the ratings for the 11th time in 13 weeks for pro wrestling. And what was it? Does it say what it did last, last year? Last year it was time? a 2.9, so up substantially, up you know by four points. And uh, each point equals, uh, you know, several hundred thousand homes. And I was told that this was the first time since TBS bought the company that the ratings on World Championship Wrestling had done over a three for six consecutive weeks. And I think if things continue to go like they are with people like Rick Rude and Paulie Dangerously and uh, Ricky Steamboat and lots of people, myself included, I think the ratings will continue to go up. I think we'll have our best clash of the year coming up in January. I'm hoping that the pay-per-view does well, and, uh, and I think you'll start to see a rise in the house attendance as soon as the economy turns around. Well, I hope so. I think the house attendance uh, is dismal, not only for WCW, but for all wrestling right now. Um, but the TV ratings are great, and the product has is, is been really great. Uh, we also, we got a, we heard yesterday, we'll talk to you about this after the commercial break, about your match at the Clash. Uh, Jim Ross had oh, it on yeah. the Jim Ross had it on the uh, 900 number yesterday, and uh, if those of you who remember the Cactus uh, Jack Eddie Gilbert match falls count anywhere, uh, this match coming up is going to uh, be one that perhaps uh, uh, makes that look like a uh, scientific encounter. It might, John. It might. Do we have time to talk about it before the commercial? Yeah. Why break? don't we Why don't we do that? Sure. Uh, falls count anywhere in Topeka, Kansas. In the building, outside the building, anywhere. Anywhere in the city. <laughs> and this is against Heavy Metal Van Hammer, and guess whose type of match this is? It's not his, that's for sure, John. It's not his. I get the feeling that Van Hammer doesn't even know what he's in store for. You understand? Here's a man. Um, you take Van Hammer, a pumped-up, gassed-up hairdresser whose idea of his last major surgery was circumcision, and he's going to try to get in there with me and play my game with my rules. <laughs> when Cactus Jack entered WCW, people were saying that a dark cloud was cast over the wrestling world. And that may be true. But when Van Hammer made his merry way into the ring, a bad stench could be smelled over WCW. You know what you do with bad stenches, John? There's two things. You take a bad, spoiled, rotten, gnarled piece of hamburger meat, and there's really only two things that you can do with it. You can close the refrigerator and pretend that it doesn't stink. Or you can open up the door and show the world just how bad Van Hammer smells. <laughs> and so why doesn't everyone tune in January 21st, Falls Count Anywhere in the building, and watch Uncle Cactus take out the trash? Well, I'm certainly going to be there watching on the TV, and of course... A week uh, away is the Meadowlands, uh, less than a week away. 
Uh, you'll be teaming up uh, with your uh, blood brother, Abdullah the Butcher. With my soulmate. Your soulmate, uh, taking on El Gigante and uh, the pimple on the butt of wrestling, Van Hammer. Now, Van Hammer may be lucky to make it to the 21st. I am guaranteeing you this, John, and you've got lots of witnesses. If Herb Abrams out there, maybe he can sue me for libel or slander if it doesn't come true, but I'm guaranteeing that sooner or later, the 21st, at the latest, that Van Hammer will be out of the sport. Here, here. I will toast that. Uh, we have lots to go here today with uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight Cactus. Uh, uh, the, the, one of the, the most pleasant surprises for me, not actually a surprise, but uh, one of the most pleasant things that happened to me watching Pro Wrestling this year was the clash uh, that just took place. And uh, when I, you got the three count on Van Hammer, it was like, it was like I was a tear. I was shedding some tears. <laughs> I was so happy. I think a lot of people were, John. I just think it shows what uh, that an entrance and a guitar can only uh, can only carry you so far. Van Hammer bringing a guitar into the ring—that's what got him into World Championship Wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about Van Hammer, and I'm thinking about myself and the differences. Van Hammer was an instant star. He made his debut on national television. Cactus Jack made his debut in Clarksburg, West Virginia in front of 150 people. And there was no heavy metal. There were no videotapes. There was no guitar in my hand. Do you understand? When people were wondering, people were wondering, how come it, Cactus Jack has been around the sport six years? Well, how come I just heard of him? Do you know why? Why is that? Do you know why? Do you know why, Vinny? I don't know why. Do you know why? Because for five years I was dropping my blood in countries that he never even heard of. Curled up in the backseat of a Ford Fairmont because I couldn't even afford a Motel 6. And now here comes his BMW driving, hairdressing, pumped up, hairdressing, gassed up. But nobody to tell me that he's going to threaten my position in the sport and I'm going to lose a match to Van Hammer. Couldn't be, John. And now he's going to try to take me on with my own rules and my own match. Jim Ross said it best. If championships could be won outside the ring, the Cactus Jack would be the undisputed champion of the world, and you've known that for a long time. The people listening to your, to your show have come to see me in the, in the Staten Islands, in the Brooklyns, in the Long Islands. They know the Cactus Jack rules out there, so why didn't somebody pass that information on to Van Hammer? Because he doesn't know! He doesn't know, you understand? He's too busy accepting all the response from the little girls. He's too busy finding out who's going to be his special friend that evening to find out a little bit about Cactus Jack. And Van Hammer, you love the spotlight. Your hairdressing career went down the tubes. You can't play the guitar, but you got a bunch of people who believe in you. And believe me, you'll miss it because you'll be out of this business. Please, Cactus, do me one thing. What? Get rid of him next week. <laughs> Get rid of him. Get him out of the business. Go to the top of the Meadowlands and drop the elbow on his on his miserable throat and just get him out of the business because we hate him. <laughs> he makes me embarrassed to be doing a show like this, to even mention his name. That makes me think, John, about the dream I had a short while ago. And I know I shared it with your listeners a long time ago, but, I, but there were still some new people out there, and it's, it made me a change, man, I'll tell you that much. Do you mind if I repeat it again, Vin Vinny? Go right ahead. Do you mind if I repeat it again? I'm not ashamed to say that I had a, a spiritual revival one evening. That in my sleep, I dreamt that there was a light shining down upon me. And on that light, the bottom of that light was a wrestling ring with three bodies strewn about the concrete floor. Manuel Noriega. Noriega. Noriega the drug lord. Saddam Hussein. 
the, the, the man who is responsible for costing thousands of lives. And Van Hammer all strewn about a concrete floor. So Cactus Jack knew what he had to do, and he had to do it quick. He would climb to the top of the turnbuckles and proceed to drop three elbows on the men responsible for so much human suffering. But a light came down from up above, and it said, Cactus Jack, you've been dropping elbows for a long time, and now you're going to ask me for three more. Well, don't you understand? You've done things that human bodies aren't supposed to do. I am allowing you only two more elbows. So I looked down at Manuel Orne or Noriega, and I thought about all the suffering that he'd inflicted, all the drugs in children's veins, all the, all the, all the waste of human life. And I looked down at Saddam Hussein, and I thought of all the, the ducks that he'd killed, and all the, all the, the terrible oil fires, and all the, 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 the people in America, all the families that had to find out that their sons were killed overseas in a useless war. And then I looked at Van Hammer, and I thought of how unjust it was that a gassed-up hairdresser like him could actually take center stage and actually be accepted by a majority of the people. And I made my decision, John, because there were three elbows to drop, but I could only drop two. So who did I drop them on? Noriega, Saddam Hussein, or Van Hammer, and I can only drop two. So who would you pick, John? Who would you pick? I really can't tell Just... All three of them are equal in my book. I dropped them both on Van Hammer! <laughs> Don't you understand? He is the he is the he is the spoiled hamburger meat of world championship wrestling. He is a he is a foul stench cast upon all of us. So you people you want to blame me for dropping them both on Van Hammer, understand I was just doing my patriotic duty. Thank you, Cactus, for sharing that with us. Thank you, Cactus. <laughs> Thank you, Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can see, I, I don't think Don ever got into his usual time no. capsule, did No. Nor should I have. <laughs> Cactus just took off and flew. He did. He uh, took control, and that was uh, that was an interesting segment with him, of course. But uh, and and Vinny, I guess that was Vinny Russo in the background that Cactus was asking permission or question. So, um, yes, another appearance by Vinny. Part Vinny of the Rue. scene, in that part of the scene, he just entered the uh, world of PWS. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of funny. I going back to the beginning when Don was trying to do the news capsule, when we were talking about the uh, the Inside Edition piece that was taped with Billy Graham and Doctor D. David Schultz, and that aired on January the third of 92 and then pro wrestling spotlight debuts on WEVD on January 5th with both of those guys on there. So a little precursor to what's coming up, but a great segment, Bob, uh, with, with cactus. Just let them roll. Just let, let them roll. roll. You so you can do. But professionally, this was the point where cactus Jack was becoming a legitimate superstar for the first time worldwide. Yes. You know, at a national level, he had paid his dues around here in the in the Indies. He had worked for World Class. He had worked for Memphis. He had worked for Herb Abrams. Tommy D. Tommy D. Go down the list. <laughs> Mitch oh, Seinfeld. Tendler. You know, he worked Mark for, all, he worked for yeah. all of them. And now he was. And you know what? He was doing it on his own terms. That's the best part about all this. It, the Cactus yeah. Jack character at that point was a natural manifestation of what he built in the Indies all those years. It was yeah. perfect. And so was he. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah. And to this day, I mean, the guy is, um, he keeps his name out there and, uh, he, he really changed the business and he really, um, got probably more respect by so many other wrestling fans and almost anybody else ever, just because of what he put his body through and how he developed his character and those, uh, three incarnations of his personality. I mean, you know, from dude, love mankind, cactus, Jack, <laughs> Mick Foley. I mean, what else do in a career? He's done it all. He's yeah. Done it all. Went on to a reality show, everything best-selling author in various formats. I mean, come on stand-up yeah. comedian now. And one of you the know, best Santa Claus, one of the best Santa Clauses you'll ever want to see. Yes. You're Did right you ever see the documentary, the Santa Claus documentary he was in? No. They followed um, three or four. Alex, did you ever see that, the uh, Santa Claus documentary? Mickey didn't see that either. There was a documentary where they followed like three or four Santas, and Mick was one of them. And the things that he has done as Santa and the letters that he writes each and every year as Santa Claus, uh, it's just an amazing thing. He looks more like Santa and he acts more like Santa than, than anything I'd ever seen. And and uh, I used to just love going to his house on Long Island and going down to his basement, which was a winter wonderland all year long. Christmas trees with lights and gifts and presents and i mean it, and it was just kind of an amazing thing and he still does it to this day he keeps that that part of his house just dedicated to christmas all year long amazing and merry you know, christmas mick yeah wherever you are mick merry christmas that's a great sentiment john he deserves it for sure absolutely absolutely uh and then we go to uh i guess a you know a little controversy with well, the next segment too right we go from the sublime to, I guess, the ridiculous. Um, the embarrassment, in a way. Well, <laughs> if anyone here hasn't heard of Missy Hyatt listening to our show, when Missy Hyatt entered the professional wrestling realm as uh, John Tatum's valet in world class, she set the sport on fire. I, there's no question about that. There was something about Missy Hyde that was different than any other valet or manager who had ever stepped foot in the ring. And, and it's, she was just, I, I don't know how to put this in a martyr, uh, in a modern vernacular. So I'll just say it. She was hot as a jalapeno. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to put it in a way that doesn't sound sexist in today's, you know, but her, she was outrageously beautiful she and, was. She had this character going that was this scheming, jealous, conniving, nasty underneath it all, true, I guess. And it worked like gangbusters a world class. And it was onward and upward from there, John, as you recall. Oh, absolutely. And Donnie, I mean, you you knew Missy because Missy and Eddie were together mm -hmm. for a while. You know, I'm so glad uh, you mentioned that because I'm, I'm excited to share this and you, you may know, but uh, many of our listeners may not. Um, when she was with John Tatum uh, in the UWF and Eddie was there. And I remember this is what Eddie had told me years ago. Uh, you know, when they started getting together, it was in an angle, then it turned into real life. And then he and Tatum got together to, you know, to square things away. Um, I don't remember at this moment the year, but Eddie and Missy, they were living in Euless, Texas. And um, 
this was when they were at the UWF and they were having a, uh, ha- a Halloween costume party. And uh, Eddie's mom and dad and sister and, and his brother Doug were there. Uh, Missy's parents came there and all the boys were there. Now, I don't remember offhand now which one of they, – they brought a, um, a minister there. And everybody thought that this minister was just somebody dressed up as a minister. But that's when Eddie and Missy got married at their home at the costume party. And For real, they, as a shoot. They, they, a shoot, a, they got yeah, married. They got married. And everybody was thinking, oh, this is all, you know, just, you know, something because it's a Halloween party. It's a costume party, whatever. But that's how they get married. Uh, and wow. I remember getting an invitation. Uh, of course, you know, back then I, I was not able to go. Um, but that was and they had a video. And of course, I don't have that video anymore. But it, it was really uh, a unique thing, the way they tied the knot there. Um, but uh, yeah, Missy was, as Bob was saying, she was a very beautiful girl. Um, the first time I met her when her when when Eddie and Paul Lee were working in continental wrestling uh, down at, in Alabama and Florida, uh, 1988, there was a, a wrestling fans convention in October and Eddie, Paul Lee and Missy drove up uh, to appear there. Uh, Luthez was there, Cora Combs, Al Costello and uh, and Eddie came there. And um, uh, it's the first time I met her in person. And then when they were talking about getting married and they would always like joke about it. And then when I got an invitation, um, I said, wow, they're really doing this. And that's when, of course, this was before internet and everything there, I get this video of, of their house of the costume party and everybody thought they were just dressing up and sure enough, they really did get married there. It was a, so they dressed up as a bride and groom. Um, I don't remember how they, I think Missy did. Yes. Missy was wearing a wedding dress. Yes. Okay. Wow. How long did they stay together? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I know it was very sad. Like a lot of relationships when they break up, it's never very good. Um, but um, that was Eddie's, uh, and, I, and I editorialized it, but that was Eddie's, he told me that was the one woman he truly loved. Um, I said I was kind of the love loved. of his life. Yeah. 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 I was sorry to see them break up because they had come yeah. to the PWI offices for a visit, just for a visit. To mm-hmm. talk to Apter and you know maybe pose for some photos because we had a photo studio with the offices and uh, we had a great time with them and you know yeah. I thought I thought Eddie was a real Southern gentleman personally oh, and, oh yeah and, good guy and John you remember we we went out after the Boston Garden show I mentioned that once before about 1989 yeah. when they first came up there we hopped in a cab there was Missy and Paulie and Eddie and and us yeah. and. Drove we off into a, the night. Did we go to the Chinese or something? Chinese or Chinatown, yeah. yeah, 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 in Boston. I and I know I interviewed her that night, and I was really uh-huh. nervous because it was kind I had of a picture of me doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's your that's your photo of me mm-hmm. and Missy. Yeah, that was uh, just, a, yeah. just like why I remember these things. That night, uh, the late great boxing champion Marvin Hagler was mm-hmm. at the show, and I took a picture of Missy with uh, Marvin Hagler as well. Wow. Great memories here. Great Matt memories, aren't they? <laughs> but uh, let's turn it around, Bob. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, she's not really uh, very sweet and nice uh, to you know, uh, Eddie Gilbert on this segment, is she? Well, give, give it a couple here because it, yeah. not, you're going to make your pleasantries with her and Jason. And Jason yes. seems to be a nice enough fellow. And Oh, it's happy to have him. But, but Missy, to be honest with you, she was speaking to you almost as if she wasn't on the air. I, I mean, it, yeah. it was, it was, 
shocking how flippant she was. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, that's a good word. Com completely at ease with just being silly and wacky. She sounded like a high school person in, in this segment that we're about to hear. She sounded very happy. Yeah. I think love. They in love with Jason, right? Yeah. We're seeing a, a great future for herself in Hollywood, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, her, her voice here is, is one of uh, youthful exuberance. So you want to hear the clip? Oh, I'd love to. Let's hear it. Missy and Jason, are you there? Yeah. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Great. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, last week I received a call and uh, expressed interest in coming on a pro wrestling spotlight. And it's uh, very much appreciated because uh, uh, I am a fan. Uh, Jason, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a real long time. And Missy, it's been a while since we've had you on the program. I think the last time uh, we spoke to you was... Uh, I, I did an interview with you back in Boston in uh, 1989. We played yeah, that. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. So what's uh, what's happening? <laughs> Thank you, Jason. What are you doing down there? Oh, uh, well, we're in Florida right now at my mom and dad's house for Christmas. And um, having a nice time. We flew in yesterday. And Ted Turner just got married, if no one knows about that. Yes, he got married yesterday, right? Yeah, 23 miles from Tallahassee and uh, Cats, Florida. He has a plantation down here. Well, I'm surprised Ted didn't invite all the WCW personalities to. Uh, yeah, would you want them at your wedding? <laughs> Some of them I would. Not not Van Hammer though. Oh, okay. <laughs> is Cactus Jack still here? Yeah, Cactus yes. is right here. Hey, Cactus. Uh, hi, Missy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. How's it going, Cactus? Uh, hey, Jason. How are you? Good. good. All right. We're happy to hear from you guys. We were hoping to get uh, your Godfather on today, Jason. We're trying to locate him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can I tell you where he's at. Is he in Amarillo or he's in California? No, he's in California. Okay, he's finishing up uh, filming the series that'll Aquila be... Aquila Benetti. Yeah, that's coming on uh, right after first of the year. So Terry Funk, uh, he, he is actually your godfather? Yeah. He baptized you when you were a youngster? No, no. <laughs> or a confirmation? No, it's, it's, no I'm Jewish. <laughs> oh, okay, Jason. And he didn't circumcise me. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's just a... It's, I've just known him for for like ever, and it's um, it's um, kind of a long story, but um, I guess but, here in the, in the Italian area of New York, we also have a met very many Godfathers. No, 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 no there's, a, there's a Texas kind of Godfather. Well, Terry doesn't have any sons, and he thinks of Jason as a son. Well, uh, Terry is certainly one of the best out there today, and uh, uh, Jason uh, should be very highly commended for having Mr. Funk as your Godfather. Oh, absolutely. So uh, you folks have been, uh, I'm sure, Jason, you've been out there busy in California. Wonder you're still filming right now, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. I just, actually, I just got, um, I just got off um, on a Friday, real late Friday night. I've just been, uh, we're doing this one episode right now that, um, that my friend Wart and myself, we enlist in the Army because <laughs> we don't want to study for our SATs, so we enlist in the Army to go off to Vietnam and, uh, because, uh, you know, we don't want to study for SATs, but I failed my physical. Um, uh, don't tell him why. Yeah, I won't tell you why. Yet. But I failed my physical, but uh, Wart, he, yeah, he doesn't fail his physical. And uh, he goes off to Nam. And it's, it's, like a real, really it's a really sad. tough episode. It's sad. I read the script and I cried. I cried because uh, your older sister Karen isn't on the show as much as she used to be. <laughs> I know, she's a babe. Yeah, she certainly is. But, uh, Missy, are you doing any... Uh, Preparing to do any acting out there? Are you trying to break into the Hollywood scene, so to speak? Jason says, I can't act. He says, I stink, so I'm not going to. 
<laughs> now I go to acting class, and um, what I have done though is really exciting. I um, I got with a friend of Jason's who um, has wrote a couple of scripts for Jason. Um, one like Center Ice that's getting ready to get produced by Bennett Productions, and um, I got this idea for a script, and we set it down. Well, I wrote down like a pers- what is it called, a perspective or something. Perspective synopsis of with the script. Took it to the Writers Guild, had it registered, and then JoJo and I sat down and wrote the script. And then we got a literary agent, and we think it's about to get sold. Well, that's great. I wish you luck on that. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, he wrote it, but I mean, it was all my ideas. I'm mad. Stuff. Her script's going to get sold before mine will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you get to spend my money, sweetheart. Yeah, <laughs> okay. You both probably have lots of cash in your pocket this holiday season, and uh, you could send some up here to Pro Wrestling Spotlight to help keep the show on the air. We'd appreciate it. Well, okay. Oh, okay, you're one of those kind of... Is, I didn't know that was one of these kind of stations. The yeah, podcast. actually, I, I beg I beg for money almost every week for okay. my listeners to keep us on here. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be expecting the check this week. The, uh, we the Chris- to go into our ashtray and find any change, we'll send it your way. Well, thanks a lot, Jason. I appreciate sure. that. Uh, you two, uh, uh, as far as are romantically involved, I wouldn't have to say, right, at this point? Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's, it's certainly uh, been it's a... Um, yeah, I know. I, ha- I guess, Jason, you've been a, a fan of WCWs, and uh, that's how you two would uh, met, I would guess, right? Um, well, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of how we met. Um, it's almost like the Cinderella story of pro wrestling for 1991, and, uh... uh <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't. I thought that was some broken-down wrestler. I'm with Jason. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Cactus. Cactus is not broken down. Not broken you've never down. been hooked up with him. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm broken down, Missy. <laughs> you will be in a few years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you keep If you keep coming off the top rope like you do, Cactus, you might be. Yeah, but now I have a, a career-extending... career, a career uh, extending, um, uh, move! I go bang bang, and all the little kids do it, and I'll be around for seven years just on that. Yeah, you will. <laughs> and, and and you need to take care of that great-looking wife that you have too. Well, thank you. She was going to be here today, but um, uh, you know she just got tired. It's a long day for her, you know, and she's uh, very close to uh, to having a little cactus. Are you serious? <laughs> you didn't know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. When we saw her up in, uh, I think it was Baltimore or something, she was pregnant. Yeah, she's well now. She's really pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think. You, I mean, I didn't know there was two. I didn't know you could be pregnant and really pregnant. I thought it was just two. Really, really pregnant. Oh my God! Well, congratulations. Thank you. A little cactus. That's right. Oh no! Is it's he gonna a, come back going bang bang? <laughs> He's either gonna go bang bang or drop an elbow. One or the other. Okay. <laughs> if he doesn't do either, I'm gonna have to start asking her questions. Oh well, yeah, really. <laughs> well, a lot of blessed events coming up then in uh, the World Championship Wrestling. Uh, family and cactus. Uh, when the uh, when is the, when does the baby do? Baby is due on Valentine's Day. That's romantic. That's, that's very very romantic. So, for me, it's been a very good year, and it looks like '92 will be even better. Yeah, he had some better years ahead, didn't he? I would say so. I would say so. But it sounded like Missy and Jason were having a little fun down there in Florida. <laughs> For a Sunday morning, uh, probably a lot of fun. First, first Sunday morning, absolutely. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> and I mean, shoot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, she sounds uh, giddy. Very She's happy. Very giddy. Um, 
again, she was so at ease as if she was talking to a bunch of pals and not even realizing she was on the radio. That's what yeah. it sounded like to me. I'm not putting her down for that. She just no, sounded no. completely yeah. giddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She uh, certainly was very, very happy. And, uh, and there was no filter, really. There was no filter. So uh, uh, interesting segment. And Jason uh, Hervey, of course, uh, uh, there enamored with Missy and, um, what an interesting couple they made back then. Very interesting couple. Because he was such a tiny little guy, too. He was mm -hmm. like 5'5 five, five or something like that, 5'6", maybe. Yeah. And she was much taller than him. And, and you know, he looked like a high school kid, <laughs> you know. And here's this beautiful, blonde, statuesque uh, athlete. And she was an athlete, too. I mean, uh, but she was just, um, you know, incredible. So that was an interesting. That was an interesting pairing. I, I'm totally. I, I have no idea when they broke up or how they broke up yeah. or how long it lasted. Does anybody have any clue? Because I don't. Well, I know. Um, uh, almost a year later, uh, when we did the live remote and up in New York, so it continued for quite a while uh, after this particular show that they were together, and then we did some personal appearances. And I don't know what caused the breakup. I don't know what happened. Uh, to uh, uh, to facilitate or cause that breakup, I have no I'll idea. Have to, to try to get a hold of a copy of, of Missy. Well, get a hold of Missy on Twitter and see if yeah. she'll come on the show. There's an idea, sure. And she wrote a book at one point. Um, she did. And maybe that she'll spill the beans there. You know, yeah, anything is possible. Yeah, I did see her uh, at a. It was at a. Uh, uh, I guess you could call it a – they call it anything a convention these days. But it was a uh, uh, something in the in deep in the heart of Georgia, little little town, and there was several wrestlers signing, and I was there signing my book, Matt Memories, and saw her after many, many years and uh, exchanged pleasantries. And and uh, But she's around. She does some of these things. and But she's very active on Twitter still. Is that right? I, I'll have to, I'll have to You'll have to find her. her. Yeah. yeah. Do you knew her personally, Bob? Did you, you know? No, know only, in a professional, well? only in a professional way. Yeah. Um, I remember she came up to the office and met all of us. And uh, also, I remember hanging with her for 20 minutes at a postcard soiree, probably in the Philadelphia bar, wherever, <laughs> you know, wherever the wrestlers would go after the, after the wrestling matches. But uh, that's about it. You know, she knew who I was and. Very cordial, you know, but I, I wouldn't say it was close to her or anything. Yeah, I'm sure if you mention Donnie's name that she'll definitely come on the show. <laughs> oh, there you go. I had no idea. Donnie. You know, I, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I will also try to contact her. Cool. Yeah, that would be fun to have her on. Yeah, it sure would be. So uh, we're, we're hardly through with uh, Jason and Missy because let's go to the phones. We're going to go to the phones and find out what the fans – had to ask this wrestling power couple. The power couple, yes. Let's go to our first caller, Chris from Hicksville. Hello? Chris, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was wondering, uh, is Missy, Missy there? Yeah. Missy is here with Jason, and Cactus yeah. is here also. Are you ever going to fight Medusa? He's a, he's a man dressed up like a woman. I'm not going to fight a man. That, that really? She's a man? Well, Medusa? looks like she looks like a man to me. I used to be jealous of her, as a matter of fact. When, when I first saw her in the AWA... And I used to think, oh, my gosh, you know, this person's gorgeous and everything. And um, then when she first came to WCW and I really saw what she looked like, I was like, I can't believe I was ever kind of jealous of her. <laughs> and, uh, well, she was pretty on the air. 
shave your back, lady. Get out of here. And um, so uh, I'm not going to wrestle a man. Or I mean, oh, she can man. wrestle better than most men. Oh. She's, she's, I think that would be a great pay-per-view match. Uh, the buy rate would probably increase tremendously if you were in there against Medusa. Uh, well, thank you. I got another question. Don't say that too loud because somebody down at the wrestling office will get that idea. Mr. Heard. <laughs> yeah, don't. Book the match. Well, the fans want to see it. Yes, uh, um, Chris, I'm, go ahead, um, quickly, quickly. About the ultimate Let's, uh, I don't want to talk about him, really, Chris. Uh, we don't want to talk about the Warrior, and uh, that's about it. No Warrior questions today. This is World Champion. That's right. Don from Oceanside. John, how are you? How are you? Long time no here. Well, you haven't been tuning in? Oh, I've been in Buffalo. Oh, really? You yeah. were go to school up there? Uh-huh. Well, welcome back. Okay, thanks. I have a few hints. First of all, Missy, I would love to see you in there with uh, Medusa. I would definitely fork over twenty four ninety five for a WCW pay-per-view if that was one of the matches. Oh, really? It would be better than you and Paul Lee. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. She has no, more hair than Polly. No, Missy's a lady. She doesn't, she's not a professional woman's wrestler. She's, you know, a lady. Oh. And, you know, she's not, you know, not going to wallow, you know, in on canvas, you know, and in between these ropes and these sweat and disgusting, you know. That, that's not her style. Uh, oh. Jason, you'd probably make a good manager accompanying her to the ringside area. <laughs> well, you know something, John. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fans, like, fans would like to see that. <laughs> No anyway, Hulk Hogan uh, impersonation. Anything else, Don? Uh, yeah, I turned on Wrestling Challenge before the show, and I didn't catch the update, but I saw something about Sid Justice, and these rumors will be investigated next week. That's all I heard. Yes, Mr. Squeegee will be coming back to wrestling. <laughs> oh, no, not the Squeegee. <laughs> That's funny. Listen, thanks for your call, Don. All right, no problem, John. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Merry to you. Christmas. We're going to go to uh, another Don. Don... Don, Don Corleone, this is, I think. Don right? Corleone. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm Don from Sable. Don from Sable, what can we do for you today? Please turn down your radio. Turn the radio down, man. Turn, yeah, man. Him, he's all yeah, man. So I'm here to talk to Cactus. I want yes. to tell him that uh, he says that not many people may know who he is, but uh, I've seen him since he was uh, over at Brentwood Sound Sandling High School a long, long time ago, and he was always jumping off of things then, so... He's been the greatest I've seen in a long time. I well, thank you, Don. Congratulations for finally making the big time, and I hope it works for you. Well, thanks. I don't know how many other people are out there to see uh, Cactus Jack four years ago in Brentwood, uh, 75 pounds lighter and several uh, several dollar bills poorer. But I appreciate your support, and uh, and uh, and it really has meant a lot that there were enough people out there when I wasn't working full time who still wanted to see Cactus Jack, so that I could. Uh, could maintain a regular, uh, so I didn't have to maintain a regular job, so I didn't have to cut my hair, so I didn't have to buy a suit, and uh, and uh, guys like you, it makes it, you know, it made it easy for me, easier for me to, to to wait until I did get a shot to do something in the big time. And you're doing great. Well, listen, thanks for your call, Don. Hey, no problem, John. 955-1240 is your number to call here at our special Christmas party. And I understand we have a special guest at the back door trying to get into the building right now. Andrew Goldberger. No! 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 John, you this is something that needs warning. I can't accept that guy. I can't take him on a bus trip. I can't take him in his house. I can't take him at the ground round. And I refuse. Can you keep him outside? Yeah, I will take him outside. Well, we'll keep him outside. We'll, we'll let keep, him in. Yeah, keep Andrew Goldberger outside. Please. Okay. For the sake of us all, he can get it. He can get the station in his uh, in his car, and if he wishes to call in, he can do it from the Burger King. <laughs> all right, that settles that. 
955-1240. Back on the phones, Jay from Babylon. How you doing, John? How you doing, Jay? Hey, Jack, what's happening? Who is this? Jay from Babylon. Oh, Jay, my friend. Yeah, your friend. I, I just got your letter, Jay. How are you doing? Okay, what's going on? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Thanks for your letter and the pictures of the cars. Yeah, I want to know what happened to your car. Yeah, I bought a new one. <laughs> I still I still have that other one. Uh-huh. Um, but it's uh, but it's in Atlanta right now. So yeah, we're getting uh, ready to auction that off uh, <laughs> early next year here at our first annual Pro Wrestling Spotlight auction. John, I just want to say you can let Andrew Goldberger in if you want. Okay. But I'm stating right now that I am definitely not responsible for my actions when he's here. You know, this could be a first on radio. What's that? We could drop the elbow. You could drop the elbow on <laughs> I it would right from that. the uh, from the grades of the grading up. There. I would love to drop the elbow on Andrew Goldberger. Either that, we could just slam his head into this wood. <laughs> Wipe that silly smile right off his face. He's like a Pinocchio. Yeah, that puppet-looking <laughs> smile. Hey, Jack. Yeah. How come you got all these stitches in your head and Sting's got nothing? Who's this, Jay? Yeah. Um. Sting's got a good makeup artist. <laughs> because uh, none of these stitches actually came from Sting. No? Some were from uh, Rick Steiner and some, believe it or not, were from Van Hammer. I want you to hold all their heads to the TV set next Sunday. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. oh, okay, you like that, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll see you at the party, Jack. All right, who is this? Is it still yeah. Jay? Yeah. Okay, I'll okay, Jay, we'll see you later. Bye. Okay, missing Jason. Yeah. Can you hang out with us a while longer? Sure. Great, because we got lots of calls. They're coming in at record numbers here today for our annual Christmas party. we got a break. It's because of us. Just ask us. <laughs> is it because of you? Yeah, just ask us. We'll tell you. <laughs> is this a record number of calls because of you, Missy? Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, Missy. <laughs> she sold a lot of WCW calendars. I'll put it that way. You she know, did. She, she did. Remember when they put that calendar out? Yeah, I do. That was yeah. a, that. I, I was I was told by the WCW marketing people that that was one of the biggest selling pieces of memorabilia they ever put out. I think she was on the the opening uh, yeah. the thing. And, yeah, she was in all her bikini glory at that point. So I think the fans went absolutely wild for that one. Mm -hmm. So. Ah, those were the very, days. Very entertaining stuff there, you know, with Andrew Goldberger showing up. And, you know, he's the guy that uh, introduced me to Vince Russo. So, um, uh, he's that he right. Was, yeah, he was uh, walking home from school and, <laughs> and he saw a video store and he browsed in there, went in there, and he saw all these wrestling videotapes. And uh, all of a sudden, I mean, he reaches out to me and he says, is, a guy named Vince Russo who has a video store called Will to Throw Video, and he loves wrestling, and he's got a lot of video uh, catalog in there. So uh, he said he might be a good sponsor for you, and he hooked us up, and that's how I met Vince. It's wow. crazy. That's just that simple. And, uh, there, you know, there was scuttlebutt, although, you know, as we listened to these shows, it was kind of like Andrew uh, also tried to take over or did take over for a bit the Jim Cornette fan club. So when I brought that up to Jim, when I was a guest on Jim's experience uh, to talk about the origins of Vince Russo, it was um, quite disturbing for Mr. Cornette to hear that the person who introduced Vince Russo to the wrestling business through me was his actual fan club president at the time. So Jim almost had a stroke when he heard that on the air. Well, as, as check uh, it out on YouTube, it's really, really funny. As yeah. Harry Chapin once sang, "All my life's a circle." That is correct, Bob. Right? I mean, everything 
turns around and comes around and all that other stuff. I mean, it's like, it's amazing how, you know, a sentence is written with a, with a capital letter at the beginning and a period at the end and all the stuff that happens at the middle can be very, very uh, surprising. Hey, you never know who you're going to meet and how that's yeah. going to change your life. Right. I, I, every time. Now we have one more clip on this show. Um, okay. This one's a little long. It's about 15 minutes long, but there's a lot going on here and a lot of it's very funny. Yeah. Um, we're going to hear a Christmas greeting mm-hmm. from a certain professional wrestler. And that's going to set off one of our guests. Okay. So I can only we... imagine who I can only imagine who it could be. Oh, you can, you'll find out. Here we go. This is not so Eddie Gilbert. I want to wish all the wrestling fans a big, hot Merry Christmas on Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Okay, we're back with the Pro Wrestling Spotlight for the second hour here. Number to call 955-1240. And uh, was that Eddie Gilbert wishing everyone a Merry Christmas? How many of those we got, those particular promos? We got Terry Funk. We got to queue up the Terry Funk one so Jason could uh, hear that one. Jason and Missy, are you still there? It my Christmas. Say what? Oh, humbug. What happened? <laughs> what? What'd you say? Said you had to run my Christmas. Oh, by playing the Eddie deal. Okay. Yeah. Bah, humbug. I guess you two guys don't get along very much anymore. I don't even know. I don't even talk to him. What's that? Yeah, I know. You tried to do what? Oh, nothing. He's. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad, even though that. Okay, the person I will. He tried to steal a bunch of land from her <laughs> in Tennessee. Land? He, he tried to steal a bunch of land from her. Oh, be quiet, Jason. No, you know, he's gone on a different radio shows, and yours in particular, and has made off-color remarks about me, you know, and I've never said anything bad about him. Because you, you don't care to. Right, because, you know, I didn't care, but then, you know, then he goes on radio shows and tries to dog me. You know, it's just jealousy. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, Eddie's a great wrestler, though, Missy. <laughs> we're good. This is I think Medusa can wrestle better than him. Oh, well, this is a we're just trying to keep to the holiday spirit here today, and uh, <laughs> we're good back on the phones, and we have uh, lots of callers on the line. Cactus is here as well, and uh, uh, we uh, before we go into the calls, uh, Doctor Whitefinger, let me know when you have that Terry Funk deal queued up because yeah, uh, I, I think Jason will get a kick out of that. But let's John, take... you know something, boy? Merry Christmas from the Double Cross. Okay, Jason, and here's the real Terry to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right, over here. Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, howdy out there. Ho, ho, ho. You simple-minded idiots. You're listening to Terry Funk right here, and I do want to wish you exactly what I was singing to you. A very Merry Christmas. That's great. That's great, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. You simple-minded people. (laughs) Well, that's the Terry Funk, one of the best out there. We're going to go back on the phones. Where do we leave off? We're going to line number three. <clears throat> Jay from Oceanside. Hi, everyone. I have a few questions for Cactus. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you have any interest of going to the WWF? No, not right now. No, I'm, I'm very happy where I am. I'm being given a, a lot of time to say the things I want to say. I'm being given time to have matches on television. I'm being paid well. 
I'm, uh, I'm going to have opponents in the future who will bring out the best in me, and I have the chance to, uh, to do my civic duty and get rid of Van Hammer. So I have no, uh, no, no desire right now to go to the WWF. Answer your question. Yeah. Okay. Nine five five twelve forty. Go to Arthur from Floral Park. Yeah, cactus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm just curious. Um, you know, I'm gonna go to the Meadowlands this Friday. Is. Yeah. Are they gonna um? Are gonna be selling shirts for you? You know, cactus jack shirts. I don't think there are any cactus jack T-shirts on the market right oh. now. Uh, if you want to give Herb Abrams a call, I believe that he may still have a few yeah. in stock. He's hoarding them. Let me give you Herb's <laughs> home phone number just a second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Area code 213 Shyster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't Leave think there's. But uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, why? Do you have any children? No, well, I want to get with my son. He likes one of my favorite wrestlers. I love you. I want one too. Well, Jason, I'll, Missy, I'll tell you what. They're very. I, you know, soon there may be a, a doll. Well, those uh, those Cactus Jack uh, those the Cactus Jack Appreciation Society shirts have now been found finally. Okay, those shirts will be out. Yeah. But uh, other than that, just the Herb Abram shirts. All right, I'll be sure to get one of them at least. Yes, you will. Say that, Jason, again, please. Said it might be a little hard to pry the T-shirts from Herb Abrams. Don't hand. say that. He might sue you now. Well, there, I hear, I hear, the, I hear the Xerox machine going off again. <laughs> the forms, the form legal letters are being sent to Missy and Jason <laughs> as we speak. They'll be yeah, del- to our lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. Uh, can I just get one more question? Quickly. Yeah, is the Patriot coming to the WWF or WCW? Uh, he's been talking to both leagues right now. I think he's closer to WCW than WWF. Who's uh, that, Chip the Firebreaker? No, Chip the Arsonist. Is, so hopefully he'll be... <laughs> uh, okay. The other dude, Del Wilkes. I just have to tell you, uh, maybe uh, one of the key lines I've ever heard in my life was when uh, the Young Pistols were wrestling, and because of the loss at the Young Pistols' hands, uh, Chip and Todd Champion were banned from TBS wrestling for 60 days and they appeared in the crowd, and Arn Anderson replied, it's about time they started charging those two marks to get in. <laughs> Line of the week. Yikes. Cactus, we're gonna about to surprise you right here. Missy and Jason, please uh, hold your ears. Someone, uh, no, we have, a, we have a, a special caller coming in for you, Cactus. A special caller for yes, me? Yes, uh, for, direct from Hicksville, New a York. A friend, someone I care for? Well, Somebody let's know. find out. We'll have this special mystery okay. caller, please, enter <coughs> looking and forward sign to it. in, please. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> John, Ski, get off the phone. I swear to you, I'll reach through the microphone wires and I'll pull out your liver and I'll sprinkle it on my cornflakes for breakfast. Do you understand that? You give me a note that you, you... How many different things can you say in this in this letter about me? First of all, you said, congratulations and good luck with your marriage to college. I to college. I didn't spell it. Yes, you did. Look at it, John. He spelled it college, and then he tried to Check put two out. T's over it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, college, and then he, he put the T's over it. Ski, that's... Uh, here's the red pen cactus. Correct it as you go along here. You don't care. You're down to a 95 out of 100 points, Ski. <laughs> yeah, right. No, Ski, tell me what you're doing these days. Me? Yeah. Tell me about your other hobby other than wrestling. My other hobby? Yeah, your other hobby. And now I fe- see that you found an interesting way to combine both hobbies. <laughs> tell us about that. John, 
Yes, Jason. Is there any way to bring up the level on the caller's voices? Can you do that, Dr. Whitefinger? Because it's a little hard for us to hear. Muskie's not talking very loud either. I'm Jason, I'll tell. Let me tell you what you what? just missed. You missed him going. Anything else, Ski? I'll be seeing him at the party. All right, no. Ski. I'll be at that party. Okay. That's if fine. you were smart, you'd bring your attorney, and I mean it. My attorney? Yeah. Okay. All right, Ski. We'll see you there. <clears throat> Let's go back on the lines to. I'd uh, hate to have my liver pulled out and sprinkled over your cornflakes cactus. You would like that? No, I would hate that. Well, who are you? No, it's Jason. <laughs> oh, Jason. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, no that, that, I don't think you're in any fear of that happening. Okay, good. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Paul from Perth, Amboy, New Jersey. You're next. Yeah, hi, John. How you doing, Paul? Okay, I want to say uh, hi. Wait, to one, one question for, uh, for Jason. Yo. Jason, do you think there's any chance with the kind of pull that you have in Hollywood that you might be able to get me a guest turn as maybe uh, the Ill illegitimate son on uh, Wonder Years. No, you know what? Uh, you know what I could probably do? What's that? I could probably make you like the deranged, crazy, like science teacher. You know? <laughs> yeah, that would be good, yeah. Experiments in school. That would be good and probably good for ratings, too. Yeah, you might bring our ratings up. Hey, listen, Hello. I can't even get a spot on the show and I'm sleeping with him, so uh, <laughs> get in line, okay? Wow. You heard it here first, folks. You can't get a part on the Wonder Years and she's sleeping with Jason. Uh, Paul, do you have a question? Yeah, I was wondering if uh, WCW stars, I'm going to Maryland's uh, this Friday night, and I was wondering if uh, any of the WCW stars are going to be appearing at like Lawrence Taylor Sports Bar like you did last year or uh, China Club or anything like that. Van Panzer will be there. <laughs> okay. I really don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure some of them will be. I don't know if it's an announced thing, but that's where they tend to go, either one or the other places. Okay. And uh, John, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, have you heard anything new about the Ultimate Warrior lately? Yeah, why don't you wise up and get off the line? John, what happened? What's this hatred about you and the warrior? I just don't like the dude. Yeah, but I mean, he is a major. He was hey, a major. I have a scoop for you. Okay. His wife is in um. Playboy. This, yep. I'm the, I knew that. She's in she's Playboy. Playboy. Yeah, she's in the new lingerie, lingerie magazine. Oh. It's got the green cover on it. She looks Yo. good. Pick it up. I've got a scoop for you too, Missy. What? Uh, yesterday I was watching the WWF show, uh -huh. and when they go for uh, promotional consideration given by, uh -huh. and they have Iron Cologne, <laughs> yeah. that's my wife in the ad. Really? Yes, it is. Is it really? Oh, right. yeah. It's just a picture, but, you know, it's definitely her. Great. All right. Sound like Howard Stern here today. <laughs> uh, what was I going to ask? Jason, yeah, I I'm really upset with uh, ABC Television for moving the Wonder Years on to Wednesday nights. Well, I'll tell you why they did it. Because um, dinosaurs and Doogie Howser, um, they they weren't um, they weren't winning the night, you know. And that you know, honestly, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. Because um, now, when we were on a Tuesday at eight thirty, we were the number one television show. Yes. We never moved out of the top four. Okay. Never. In about three years that we were on there and then they moved us to wednesday night and our ratings uh dropped to about the top 20 top 25 uh, which is still you know really you know that's great but see they don't care about the individual show the only thing they care about is winning the whole entire night yeah that's the only thing they care about and it really it makes me mad you know because i'd rather be number one number two number three 
than number, you know, 21, you know, 19, 18, 23. But they don't care about that. They just care about winning the, the whole entire night, you know, and we're the anchor for Wednesday night, so mm -hmm. well, that, that's why they did that. Which is very disheartening, but I guess the ratings will really skyrocket when, <clears throat> when Kevin and Winnie consummate the relationship on that special two-hour version coming up, right? Is that a special coming up? No, well, I, you know what? That's really funny because the, the next episode, because um, the script that we're doing right now, you know, where we enlist uh, in the Army? Yeah. It's called Private Butthead, okay? That's the name of the script. And after Private Butthead, they're doing, the next episode is about Winnie and Kevin. So are they going to do the wild thing? I don't know. They've they really gotten away from that story. They, yeah, they got away from that storyline. It was sad because it was hey, some heartwarming episodes. Yeah. He kisses a different girl each week on the show. Yeah, he's, uh, Kevin gets lucky each week on the show. Man, I remember when I was that young. Hey, if, you know what? Missy, if you were making $95,000 a week, you'd get lucky every week, too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're, we're, going to, first, uh, right here. we're going to take some more calls, and we're also, in just a few minutes, going to bring in a human sacrifice here at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight for our special Christmas show. A human sacrifice will be brought into the studio for Cactus. Bring him in. Bring him in. We're getting ready now, Missy and Jason. I will call it play-by-play play for Please you do. right here. Uh, right now, I'm going to be led into the studio is the one of the youngest newsletter editors in professional wrestling, a youngster who was the youngest man to be sued by Herb Abrams. <laughs> At 14 years old, now 15, Andrew Goldberger from around the ring. Footsteps are coming, but uh, Andrew, of course, uh, saying derogatory things about Mr. Abrams, and of course is irritated and uh, caused Cactus Jacket many times during the past year to go beside himself with anger. He's the most annoying person in professional wrestling. Come in. And here he is. <laughs> yes, and Cactus takes him, and Cactus has already floored Andrew. Boots to the head are now being delivered. Cactus picks up the chair in the studio, jumps on top of the chair, and a boot to the midsection. Andrew Goldberger now vomiting all over the studios here in Babylon. A front face lock now by Cactus to Andrew. Has him uh, squealing. Andrew is uh, ready to submit. Andrew. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, Andrew Goldberger. Merry Christmas to you. That was the gift that we had wanted to surprise you with for a long time. And I hope I called it appropriately for those of you out there listening. Very good. That was good. That was, you know, I think Jim Ross should be afraid. Yes. Might, you know. There we go. Bring me down. Mr. Hurt doesn't like me, though. He wouldn't bring me into the company. That miserable son of a gun. Let's get, let's get back on the lines. We have to. Wait, let's get a let's get a chair for Andrew for a second, so he can share some of his insight. Yes, we'll uh, bring uh, Andrew. Pull up a. Uh, yeah, how much insight can he have? He's 15 years old. How much insight can you have, Missy? Was wondering. You're only 15. Is that what it is? Oh. <laughs> Andrew doesn't know what to say. Speech. Is Missy right there? Now. Yes. Wow. Uh, Missy, you're getting him excited <laughs> wow, already. What an insight. <laughs> he goes, wow. What an insight. So go, go on. 
Here is here is the kid who who hangs outside hot old women's wrestling parlors, and uh, willing to do anything for the hot old woman wrestling. He he gets a different. Uh, he's like a, a fair weather friend, I guess you would call him, Cactus. Yeah, he is fair weather friend. Sorry, that's Andrew's, Andrew's younger brother entering the studio. We're going to go back on the phones. We've got a lot of people hanging on here. Let's go to uh, Steve from Oceanside. Steve, you're next. Yeah, hi, Catless. I want to uh, wish you Merry Christmas. Thank you. And I'd like to know, how do you, uh, did you start from professional wrestling? How did I start it? Yeah, how did you get into it? <clears throat> Actually, I met a promoter named Tommy D that ran shows in the <laughs> New York area. Another name sends shivers down spines, but uh, uh, I don't know, it's been publicized a little bit, but uh, the promoter saw that video of me jumping off a house and thought that there may be some, some talent there, so uh, he put me on his ring crew, and I proceeded to set up rings for the next several months until I was introduced to Dominic DiNucci, and Dominic trained me a little bit there and then brought me to Pittsburgh, where I uh, spent the days, the next uh, several months or a year with uh, guys like Shane Douglas, uh, Cody Michaels, who some of you might know from Memphis. Oh, yeah, uh, him. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Mark Curtis. And uh, just trying to, to learn enough to get a job. So that's uh, that's how I got it. I, I, I tell you what, I don't know how many of you remember Dominic DiNucci. I remember him. He was a very good wrestler. Yeah, a very good wrestler. And he taught me all the basics. He, we would go 10 minutes with no punches, no kicks. And as soon as I got a job, I forgot all of it. I know a friend of you, so Professor Elliot. Professor Elliot, I know. You like to use that word friend lightly, don't you? Well, he, he's my friend. And I know no, he, a professor is a good guy. He's an historic figure. In yeah, the historic <laughs> figure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, lots of luck and Merry Christmas to you. All Thank right, you. Steve, thanks. John, that was the best in-studio throttling of a geek since Fred Blassie's I Bite the Songs album. Yeah, I, would, I was actually going to compare it to that. Well done. Hey, do, you guys, do you guys remember, uh, John and Bob, WWF brought Missy Hyatt in for a tryout. She yes. did. Uh, uh, it wasn't like like the barber shop thing that Brutus Bar, uh, the beefcake did and all. She, I don't remember the name of it, but they brought her in. Uh, I believe it was they did the tapings in Worcester, and they did a few um, segments for her. And uh, obviously, whatever for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But they did bring her in at one point to to see what they could do with her. Well, she never, you know, landed there um mm. but uh you know she had a really cool career for a long time and um people remember it to this day but that was a wild segment like you said bob and it was like freddie blassie i bite the songs it was almost uh mm. what he did to the engineer on that but it it was really a you know it was, it was not the normal show this was no. not the normal show it was a nice respite from all the seriousness. In fact, the last couple of episodes have been a nice respite from all the seriousness that we are going to go into again very soon. If you look through the uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight shows historically. Mm -hmm. And the next few weeks, we're going to take a, a little bit of a turn, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, you know, as we come up to the last uh, episode of the year and the next show, uh, it, it it kind of is a cliffhanger because we're not telling people we don't know if we're going to stay at GBB or go to another station. So that's discussed on the next episode. But this was a little different. Uh, it was Christmas time. And the unfortunate thing for everybody is that uh, the last 20 minutes of the show are missing, unfortunately. And we had a um, one of the listeners wrote the 12 Days of Christmas and then 
put pro wrestling spotlight lyrics and unfortunately we don't have that but i think that was enough uh uh jovial stuff uh to really uh, uh give people out there listening uh some enjoyment to hear these crazy personalities and jason and cactus and andrew and ski who also ski. made an appearance <laughs> Uh, hey, you know, you know, um, I, I want to run something by before I forget. Remember earlier in the show, we were talking about mainstream publications uh, back then doing some stories on wrestling. Um, I, I said earlier, I had submitted some pictures. The name of the magazine was is Stuff Magazine. This it's the December two thousand issue, and the reason why I bring that up is this: the the, the issue had uh, a number of people they called uh, America's Great Heroes. And here they ran a, a full page story. It says greatest American hero, number 12. It's Gorilla Monsoon. But Bob, uh, particularly, you'll enjoy this. This is the title of the, of the piece on Monsoon. It says, um, we salute the hairy, scary guy who put wrestling on the map and Muhammad Ali on his back. I think that is so good. Wow. Good memories. And John, you were there when Muhammad Ali uh, got put Yeah, I was the... There was three photographers there. I was one of them. Uh, George Napolitano was the other, and AP photographer was another one. But, uh, yeah, 1976, man. John, were you the photographer that took the backstage photo of Muhammad Ali and Baron Mikel Cicluna? That was me, yeah. I, I thought it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah because we got, yeah. Tipped off, we got tipped off by the Grand Wizard, I mean, that he was showing up and – uh, he let me and Napolitano know, you know, get your cameras loaded up. Ali's going to be here. And, and there's Ali comes out of a limo and then they do that angle. And, and then, you know, he goes backstage and there's Cluna who was right in the middle of it in the <laughs> ring. Right. Right. And they wanted to take a, he wanted to take a picture with Ali and, and, uh, there it was, you know, I, I, uh, that was one of my, it's one of my favorite nights ever in pro wrestling, uh, to, uh, experience that unbelievable charisma that Ali had and the crowd went bananas. I was going to say the heat in that segment was off the chart. Oh. Remember? Yeah. And it's out there on YouTube, man. That whole yeah. thing, the WWF, uh, WWE has it up there on YouTube. And if you, if you have an opportunity to watch it, it is the crowd went nuts and uh, Phil Zacco runs out at the end of it and they whisk him away. And Ali's whole, you know, his, he wasn't even wearing his shoes. Uh, and then he runs back to the, the dressing room and and uh, as quick as he got there is as quickly as he left in that big stretch limo. As, and it was amazing. The post as, he, as, as he said, uh, um, as Monsoon said about Ali, he doesn't know the difference between a, a wrist lock and a wrist watch. Exactly. And, uh, I was about to say that's and, the most quoted, the most quoted wrestling yeah. statement of all time. I think everybody uses that term now. You know, it John, is. I remember um, Muhammad Ali credited Freddie Blassie. Like, he he took a lot of his, his verbal shtick yeah. from watching Blassie. Not long ago, one of my favorite movies is uh, Chuck, about Chuck Wepner. Great movie. called uh, Some places, I think in Europe, it was called the, the, the Bleeder. Here it's called Chuck. And in there, when they show the clip of um, Chuck Wepner going to the ring to fight Ali... When Ali's coming to the ring, Freddie Blassie is with um, uh, Ali going to the ring for that fight. Mm -hmm. That's right. He had him over in Japan. That's so right. Blassie was a big influence on Ali. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great stories. Well, we're going to about wrap it up. And uh, it's been a, a fun one this time, and uh, as it is every week. But uh, I want to thank you, Don, and and uh, appreciate you as always. And 
you know, we have uh, so much more to, to cover here at the show. So anyway, uh, just, wrapping it up, go ahead, Don, final words before hey, I give the uh, outro. You made the night, you made the day for me, ski. I mean, I haven't heard that in ages. I mean, this is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, just an amazing guy. And Bob, uh, you know, what can I say, man? Thank you again for another great week. It's been a lot of fun. To all three of you, Merry, Merry Christmas. Yes, Alex, Merry Christmas. Happy Boxing Day. And uh, <laughs> much more to come. Uh, just want to remind everybody as we wrap it up here, uh, please uh, you know, check out the Patreon account. We'd love for you to be a member and relive that history, just go to patreon.com slash John Arezzi. Take a look at the different levels that are up there and decide which one best fits your budget. But uh, uh, I tell you, by the time uh, everyone hears this and by the time the last show of the year takes place, every single one of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight shows from the first episode on April 9th, 1989, right through the last show of 1991 will be there available for patrons. Patreon.com slash John Arezzi. That's only five bucks a month to get access to all of that. Uh, Your merch is out there as well. Go to tinyurl.com slash PWS store and take a look at it. And as Bob has uh, been talking to me about, I mean, uh, I do have a book out. It's called Matt Memories and, uh, I do have uh, autographed, uh, signed and numbered copies still available. If you are interested in a copy of uh, the signed and numbered Matt Memories book, uh, just uh, send me an email, john at mattmemories.com, or go to Amazon or any place you buy your books. It's on Audible if you want the audio version, Matt Memories. And uh, that's something I've been really grateful for this year for that book. When it came out, it opened up a lot of doors and great opportunities. and. Um, uh, I just, uh, it, it really is surreal to have a book out about your life. But Matt Memories is still available at your favorite bookstore. Uh, John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight is a production of Matt Memories, LLC. Our co-host is Bob Smith. Our producer and editor is the wonderful Alex Robertson. Donnie Liable cover, covers the capsule each and every week. And the Pro Wrestling Spotlight's creative director is our friend Marsh. Until next week, when we live more history with you, this is John Arezzi for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>